The content of this episode includes weight, eating disorders, and diet culture. This is the Radical RMT podcast, where I talk to radical massage therapists, chat about the unique lifestyle we have in this profession, and cover topics we care about beyond the massage table. My name is Krista Dix. I'm a registered massage therapist with over a decade of experience. If you want an inspiring career that leads to an incredible life, stay tuned. Jamie Bohr, thank you so much for being a guest on the Radical RMT podcast. I'm very excited to have you here to talk about um, a really exciting, interesting topic um, that I feel is going to be super beneficial to everybody, everybody listening. And I'm so happy that you're here to share it. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. My um, finding of you was through Instagram, um, probably following a hashtag or, you know, maybe your, your page. But what I did notice was that your uh, Instagram uh, profile, um, your, your Eastwood Wellness in Toronto is your business. And you're, underneath the description, you were um, very specific to say fat positive and inclusive um, for wellness. And that really caught my attention. Um, so I took a little screenshot and thought that it would be wonderful to reach out to you and discuss this topic um, about what it means to have a fat positive clinic space, what your journey has been like. Um, it was obviously eye-catching for me, so there's probably something there that I need to explore as well, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, so where would you like to begin? There's a lot that uh, I want to talk to you about, about how you got into massage therapy, how you developed your practice, and then obviously the topic of, of what inclusive wellness means. For sure. So, I mean, like I can start from the very beginning. Um, I've wanted to be a massage therapist um, since I was about 12 years old, like almost too young to know what a massage therapist was or that it was a real job. Um, my grandmother was actually a healer in the village in Greece, uh, which I found out actually after I uh, graduated from school, which is super interesting. Uh, but she used to do like cupping and give us massages when we were sick. Um, and so I think that imprinted on me at a very young age. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like that was just something that drew me to the profession and why I sought it out like right out of high school. Um, and then in terms of starting my own business, um, I feel like everywhere that I've worked, I haven't like quite fit in and maybe that's just kind of like my narrative of being in a bigger body um, of just like having the circumstances where I just didn't quite feel like I fit in. And just this past fall, um, I started working at a new clinic. I was the first and only RMT. They did skincare there. And two weeks in, I went to this entrepreneur camp for women. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> on the first night, we were told to write down something that we wanted to let go of on a piece of paper and throw it into a campfire. Okay. And <laughs> so I wrote down the idea of not fitting in. Like, I wanted to let that go. Mm -hmm. 
and then got back to work. It was my first day back. I got called into the manager's office and she sat me down. She was like, we're letting you go because you're not the right fit. Ah. <laughs> so it was like a very like poetic. It was also um, the day before my birthday. Okay. Um, and so like the timing was just incredible. And so after being inspired at this like entrepreneur camp, I was like, this is the time I'm doing it. I'm opening my own business and every other option just felt like a big no to me. So like okay. any other, like I had a job offer the next week and they didn't know that I didn't have a job. Uh, so I was like, this is kind of weird. And then I got another job offer like out of nowhere from somebody that I didn't know it was just like word of mouth. And I was like, and I just kept saying no to everything because I knew that this is what I needed to do. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So you've, if you always had that sort of feeling to, to have a, a clinic space, um, did you always know it was going to be the vision that it is now where, you know, the inclusive wellness was going to be so important to you? How did, how did that become so important to, to owning a clinic space like that? I would say that wasn't even, I mean, even though that was a part of it in the beginning, I didn't realize the extent that people needed that. Um, and that my story with healthcare practitioners um, was not rare. In fact, it's very common for people in bigger bodies um, to have negative um, experiences with doctors, chiros, physios, massage therapists, like you name it, like people have reached out to me and, um, and have told me some quite alarming stories. Are you able to give any examples? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I had some knee pain a little while ago. I went to see a chiropractor and he told me to lose weight. Um, there have been many circumstances where my body has not fit in waiting room chairs, um, chairs with arms on them. Um, and even growing up, going to my doctor for various reasons, no matter what I went in with, if it was pain or if it was because I was sick or whatever, I, um, was always told to lose weight by my doctor. Um, no matter what. Um, and so I feel like a lot of times with healthcare practitioners from my own experience and from stories that I've heard from people reaching out to me is that our pain isn't believed by doctors. Uh, we're not given the same care as someone who is in a smaller body. Um, and it's very kind of consistent across the board. Okay. And so when you opened your own massage clinic, this is obviously something that you wanted to put at the forefront, that everybody was welcome in your space and would be treated the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in our clinic, there are no arms on chairs. I made sure that all the massage tables and the chairs that we do have have a very high weight capacity. Um, we have a small waiting room. Uh, but it's kind of like a banquette um, bench seating, kind mm -hmm. of like in the window. Yep. Um, and so it is very accessible. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to make sure that anyone could walk in our space, in any body, and that it would be a judgment-free zone. 
that we wouldn't judge them based on their body and believe their pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond just the clinic setup that you just described. Um, you know, there is certain conversations that don't happen within your your clinic space as well. Can you Absolutely. elaborate on those? Yes. Yeah. So um, there is no diet talk um, allowed in that space. Um, it can be triggering for someone um, who's had a history of disordered eating or eating disorders. Um, and even just talking about that, like about ourselves and people overhearing it. Um, I know in my own situation, when I do overhear it, it is quite triggering for me. Um, we also, um, obviously never comment on someone's body. Um, it, like it's become this automatic thing. This thing that we're kind of brought up with is to praise weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes, especially when we build these long-term relationships with our clients, like, oh, you lost some weight, you look great. Um, and actually that can be um, quite negative for someone who might be going through trauma that we don't know about or that's struggling with an eating disorder. Um, and so commenting on someone's body when it's not in the context of a treatment, um, is something that we will never do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also for healthcare, or sorry, for home care, uh, we always ask permission. Uh, we ask consent to give home care. Um, and we generally try and stay away from the word exercise and try um, instead to use the word movement or strengthening or, you know, just kind of get more specific about it. Mm-hmm. How does a massage therapist who sees bodies all day, um, how do we address these topics with our clients? Um, what is our what is our appropriate response when a a client? You've set those standards for your clinic that this is this is what does not happen in our clinic. But a lot of us don't don't have that that niche or you know we're like we want to embrace that. Um, but we might not have that as our, our main um, at, like advertiser, as the lack of a better word. But um, so how can, what's our response when somebody does start talking about, about those topics um, in our own clinic space? Um, what should our response be? Generally what I say, because I obviously don't want to make my client feel uncomfortable or like I'm not listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on our history, um, if they're a regular client that I've been seeing for years and years, um, I'll say, you, um, do you mind if we not, you know, like take this topic off the table because it's actually uh, triggering for me and like what I'm going through currently. Um, or if I don't know them so well, um, I would say that this is a, like safe space for all bodies. Um, and so we want to limit the amount of um, the use of diet culture language um, or weight loss. This is not what we're about here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also um, we could also say that this is out of my like scope of practice. True. Uh, plainly. Um, yeah. Because any kind of like nutrition or weight is absolutely um, not in our not in our scope. Right. Not as an RMT, not in our scope of practice. And what about, I mean, it's pretty similar, but I had another question about 
when a clients um, are describing their pain, say low back pain, and just automatically it's, oh, I could probably, you know, I understand I could probably use, lose a few pounds um, and that will help the back pain go away. And they, you know, they might kind of chuckle. Um, is there a separate response that we can give or basically like what you just said would, would also work? Generally what I say um, is that all bodies have pain, mm-hmm. uh, big and small, all sizes, um, can experience pain. Right. Um, and so, um, a lot of the times it doesn't have to do with your weight at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with a big smile. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's lovely. Was your mindset always like this as someone in a bigger body? Was your mindset always to be inclusive and, and positive? Um, no, actually, this only, I mean, like I've struggled with diets and weight since I was very young, um, probably went on my first diet when I was around 10. Um, and so have kind of been on that like cyclical journey since. Um, I did this workshop about a year ago and it was all about intuitive eating and movement for joy, which I didn't know could exist because I only used exercise to lose weight previously, to be in a calorie deficit. That's the only reason why I would move my body. Um, And so I've been on an active journey um, to kind of heal the relationship with my body. And since then, so like, I mean, before that, I would have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, about the way that I looked and the way that I moved and, 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 (laughs) Um, and then, so since then, um, since I've like shifted that, so like I no longer judge myself and the way that I talk to myself um, is in a very different way. It's very uh, positive at times, but also very neutral at others. Like why, like, why can't my body be accepted in places just like everyone else, just like people in smaller bodies? Um, and so it's been like this, like, radical self-acceptance. Um, and then since then, my judgments of others have completely dissipated. The way that I see other bodies has completely changed for the better. Um, and so I really do think that comes from healing your own relationship with your body um, that'll change the way that you see other people as well. Right. Absolutely. It's very common um, how you perceive yourself or how you feel about yourself can very much project on on others. So when you heal that part of yourself, it makes makes sense. That's that's lovely. Um, your, you described your clinic space as a little dream written in a notebook come to life. Can you elaborate on that at all? Was that an actual like little entry that you, you've written down in a journal? Absolutely. So it kind of goes back to that entrepreneur camp that I was at just last October. Um, and I'm not really a journaler, <laughs> uh, but I did have um, a book to just write down my thoughts about what this business uh, could be and like a list of names it could be and just... Um, and so it really was just like a thought written on paper, um, just over six months ago. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. And your clinic space is not that, I mean, it's fairly new. Um, you know, it's it, the way that you speak of your clinic space and the way that I see it on social media, it really seems like it's a very established clinic location. Um, and you obviously have a wonderful supportive following and clientele, but it's not that, that old. No. So we just opened in February. Okay. Uh, we were open for six weeks before we had to shut it down. And I mean, that was probably the most incredible six weeks of my life. Uh, we were like, we were fully booked more days than not. Um, the neighborhood, the community, the support was just like overwhelming to me. Um, and it was like, it is like our location is just down the street from where I kind of built my practice um, okay. over the years. Um, and so it did kind of stay in the same neighborhood. So I was able to uh, see my regular clients there as well um, yes. as a lot of new ones. Yeah. And you don't work alone. You have other therapists working at Eastwood uh, as well. Yeah. So we have four other massage therapists working there. Okay. Um, and it was supposed to be five. She was supposed to start in April. Okay. Uh, obviously that, that didn't happen, but will happen when we reopen. Okay. And how, um, with the um, values that the clinic space holds, how do you choose which therapists are the, it, I, I said the, I was about to say the right fit. So um, how do you, like, how, how do you just, how do you, you know, um, make sure that, that they are an, a therapist that will be appropriate and respect the values? Absolutely. So um, I had a few of the therapists come to me uh, with just like, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then a couple of the other ones, I mean, during that, that interview, <laughs> um, that little chat before they start, because I already have a feeling if they are going to uh, work well in this space, um, I am very open um, and very specific about the things that can and cannot be talked about in the space. Um, and I'm you know, you know, just very detailed in what our values are. Um, and everyone who works there aligns with those values. Good. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you support a lot of uh, local businesses as well within your clinic space. And it seems very particular to female entrepreneurs in that space as well. Yeah. So uh, like women and women identifying um, entrepreneurs, um, all the things that we carry. So we, we have a very like thoughtfully curated like retail space with all kinds of self-care goods. So the idea is that you get your massage and then you can get some therapeutic bath salts to take home with you to carry mm -hmm. on with your self-care. Um, and so we have like beautiful natural hand poured candles, natural soaps, um, these like sustainable like massage ball things. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, just yeah, and, and so it feels really great to, um, especially during this time, um, to support small makers um, and small businesses as well mm -hmm. um, through our online shop. And has that been um, successful for you then through through this time just to help support the uh, the clinic as well while you're not there to actually be able to massage absolutely yeah. yeah so um being able to kind of pivot to this like online 
shop um, has been, I'm not going to say great for business, but it does help. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, as a lot of people know, rent in Toronto is expensive. <laughs> and so um, it does definitely help, but it also feels good to uh, be able to provide these things for our regular clients and customers too. Yeah, absolutely. And what are other ways that you've pivoted um, just to stay connected to your community, but but also to earn some some income as well for your business? Absolutely. So we have a um, uh, a couple's massage um, that's available online. Cool. Uh, that's a fairly um, I would like, I want to say like reasonable price. It's $25. It's about a half hour video, yeah. um, that anyone can refer back to. Um, and it's really meant for, uh, couples to massage each other at home, um, just to relieve like those regular aches and pains. Um, and also just to like connect as well. Yeah. Lovely. So and massage therapy is your first and only career so far, right? So how, how long have you been in practice? Um, this is a little bit of a loaded mm. question. <laughs> uh, so it's going on 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Like it should have been, it, it, it should have been longer. Uh, but anyway, we're not okay. <laughs> All right. that's another uh, podcast. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, can we break down? Um, we, you know, we talked earlier that the original post that I saw for your Instagram site said fat positive. Um, now you, your, your um, page more says inclusive wellness, um, but also the acronym H-A-E-S. So healthy at every size, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that haze movement or health at every size um, means that, um, you know, you can be in a bigger body and be healthy. You can be in a smaller body and, um, and not be as healthy. Right. Um, and so that's the idea is that everyone um, like who comes in is treated uh, the same. So when I first started, I actually use the term body positive. Um, and this is a broader term. It started um, as a movement for larger marginalized, like um, black and people of color. Um, and now it's kind of transformed into this term that everyone can use. Okay. Um, but it's the most, I would say relatable. It's the most popular term. Um, and so I almost use that to connect with a broader audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we kind of transition to this more fat positive, um, space, even though it always has been, mm -hmm. um, to describe ourselves. And now I'm transitioning to a more body neutral. Um, and so we don't necessarily... Uh, need to be positive all the time about our bodies. Um, but just this idea is that on the spectrum from small to bigger bodies, that they are all valued the same and respected the same, and that they all deserve the same quality of care. You have a niece as well. Mm -hmm. um, and how are you um, educating her on how to be um, body neutral, to be inclusive, to make it not 
a big deal about how what size she is and what size other people are around her yeah for sure i mean i feel like it's so important i mean our like the children in our lives are so easily influenced by the way we talk to ourselves mm -hmm. um it's like they hear and they see that um and so not that i do this um anymore but i mean i was definitely at this point would just kind of like oh like i feel fat or i feel this or i feel like you know like yep. you know like using that kind of language or or talking about change like wanting to change different parts of my body like those things never come up um there was a time a couple years ago where um where my butt didn't fit into a chair it was kind of going over the boundaries of the chair she was like oh yeah she's like you have a big butt and i was like yeah totally and that's fine you know like yeah. i didn't like i wasn't like oh that's bad uh because it's not mm -hmm. um the word fat isn't bad either so i mean i would never kind of correct her on on that language um i mean it's merely a descriptor <laughs> um and when she's here um i mean i do let her in on the conversation about like what we're going to eat and I give her options and I let her choose and I let her eat until she's full and like there's lots of options um, for her here um, and so there's there's no kind of counting how many fries you're gonna eat right. or anything like that so you know like very balanced meals and like I kind of let her um, tap into her intuition and um, ask her what she wants to see without running the show, uh, but still giving her options. Yeah. So when you say intuition and, and the term intuitive eating, as well as something that you've said before and intuitive movement, um, can you describe a little bit more about intuitive eating and what that would feel like uh, for somebody? Um, and then intuitive movement, same, same thing. For sure. So, um, for me, I think everyone has a different, uh, like definition of intuitive eating, but for me, um, that means asking my body what I really feel like eating. Mm -hmm. Um, if I really, like if I'm craving a really big salad, um, or if I want chicken fingers or, 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 or whatever have you just kind of like tapping into what my body's asking for and then just being okay with that. Um, another aspect of that is just this food freedom. So, um, generally in my own experience, and I feel like this is pretty common is that when we restrict food, when we say like no sugar, um, our body will crave that. And mm -hmm. sometimes that can cause us to potentially binge eat on those things and then restrict them and then cause that cycle. Um, and so for me, if I allow myself to eat all of that stuff whenever I want. I actually don't want to eat that all the time. Like it's like, I don't want super sugary things all the time. Um, and so a lot of times people think that like intuitive eating, if you just trust yourself um, to make the right choices, then you will. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then your intuitive movement um, as, as well, you know, you described that, you know, you used to exercise you know is a is a bit of a trigger word now and and trying not to associate that with um 
with weight loss and punishing the body. Um, so they, the term intuitive movement is better, moving for joy, moving to feel good. And you just said that you didn't think that you could move to to actually feel good. You always thought that you know the movement had an end goal of like how many calories and 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 um, you know how far did I far did I go and you know what does that that mean for the rest of my my day? Um, so what does intuitive movement mean to you? Yeah. So intuitive movement to me, um, once again, like trusting and listening to my body and moving in a way that feels good. So that looks different um, every day. Um, I'm a Pilates uh, teacher mm -hmm. um, as well. Uh, I like have that background. And so generally what my movement looks like is a combination of like functional movement exercises, maybe some yoga, maybe some dance, maybe some Pilates. Um, and I am still on the journey and just like trying to like navigate that and figure that out. Um, I think anyone who is also on this journey will realize that it's not an overnight mm -hmm. thing. I mean, there was a, a while in the beginning of this journey where I didn't eat well because I was allowing myself to eat whatever I wanted. And what that meant for a short while was everything that I was restricting myself of for so long, like mm -hmm. for almost 20 years. Um, and then it's like, same with movement. I almost, like I didn't do much moving in the very beginning of healing my body because I always felt like it was so, um, I mean, it definitely had this like negative spin on it. Um, and it it's taken a while to kind of heal that part where now, I mean, I'm finally moving my body on a regular basis. Um, and then I don't have any other outcome except feeling good afterwards. So before when I would exercise, I'd be like, oh, well, don't eat for the rest of the day. Right. Or, uh, or, you know, like, like, like yeah. there would be this like other kind of consequence with it. Whereas now I've gotten to the place where I can move every day, whether it be walking, yoga, Pilates, or what have you, um, and then be very neutral afterwards or, or just feel great in my body after. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to uh, list you as a, a like a, a resource on all of all of this, and and I want you to share your contact information um, as well. But immediately right now, is there anybody that that comes to mind that you could share with the listeners that's been influential or is is a really positive example of everything you're describing? Absolutely. So I mean, the two that are my personal friends that actually led that workshop that I went to a year ago is um, Fran Allen. She's a holistic nutritionist. Um, on Instagram, she's at hello Fran Allen. Um, and then Joe Gale. Um, she's uh, a movement instructor and educator. Um, and she's amazing as well. And you can find her um, at Joe Gale Moves on Instagram. Okay. Excellent. So one of the, I mean, one of the things that was really important um, out of this episode was that we wanted to make sure that there were actionable steps um, for therapists, and we we definitely talked about about ways that they can speak to their clients. Um, examples from your own clinic. Um, is there anything that you'd like to just re, you know, reiterate, um, just reaffirm back into? Uh, 
so that we can make make sure that it does get heard um, by therapists. I think this is a wonderful time with the space that we have between being away from our clinic and going back to reevaluate. I mean, obviously we have to reevaluate anyway for all of the uh, the changes that have to occur for the the safety and the health of our our clients. But maybe it's also an opportunity to assess is our space as welcoming to everybody as we originally thought, or maybe we've never thought about it before. Um, so the, the language that we use, if there's a couple words that you feel that come up continuously in conversation or you're noticing massage therapists using and are they're are they able, are we able to give them a separate or a better word that they could use? Um, and you can think about it. And then obviously actionable steps potentially in their clinic space um, that, uh, that they can, ways that they can, you know, change the chairs as one example. Um, so yeah, the word, the wording just came to mind. If there's certain words that you feel therapists continue to use that just really, you know, kind of give you, um, that, that since that sensation of like, Oh no, like, like that is the better, there's a better way to, to say that then I would, uh, be open to know what that is. For sure. So some of the words that that come to mind, um, describing the body as like, just like bad, or um, this is really messed up, or like like even if it's in a light kind of context, um, or this is really screwed up here. I mean, yeah. like I've been to some massage therapists which is like, wow, this feels really bad in here. You know, like like I just don't think that that's good for for anyone, especially someone who is in a um, larger body who may feel self-conscious about approaching a massage therapist yeah. um, to begin with. Like, I think with the relationships that we build with our clients, sometimes they're very open about maybe a diet that they're going through mm -hmm. um, or that if they've gained weight or lost weight um, to make sure that we're not giving unsolicited advice. Be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I tried that too. It was great. Um, or even just like praising, um, weight loss of like, oh yeah, like you are doing a good job because we really don't know why, um, that's the case. And I feel like we could be encouraging, um, an eating disorder without, without knowing it. Mm -hmm. So if we do notice weight loss with our, our client, um, what's a better way that we can approach, approach it? Uh, well, we don't say anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not about maybe their weight loss, but can you say like, is everything, is everything okay? Is there any extra stress in your life these days? Is that a conversation that, that you feel is still appropriate to open up? Um, I generally don't go there unless my client does first. Um, and then if they wanted it, um, or if they asked what they could do to manage stress, then I could obviously help them with some maybe breathing exercises or, or get them to come back for regular massage or things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but generally, yeah, we should like, in my personal opinion, we shouldn't be going there unless it's, um, asked of us. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And then what are some of the, um, ways that a therapist can look around their clinic space now and, and make sure that it is more inclusive? Absolutely. So 
um, having an accessible entrance is absolutely important. Um, I mean, we were in the process of having a ramp made and then this happened. It was a longer process than I ever imagined it could be. Um, so, and like way more complicated. So, I mean, I feel, um, I don't know, a little bad for not like having that um, already be a thing, but that's definitely on the list. Um, like we mentioned before, not having arms are like on chairs, making sure our tables and our chairs have a, uh, a high weight capacity, yeah. um, even investing in a hydraulic table to make it accessible for anyone yeah. uh, with any kind of mobility issue um, would be um, a few things that definitely could be could be done. Excellent. Um, and what about the, there was a, a the topic uh, amongst therapists that do you feel the clients see us differently if we are of a smaller or a bigger body shape? I think because of the way we're all brought up here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes, I like, I really do think that people generally look at smaller bodies and assume certain things, assume that they are fit, assume that they're healthy, assume that they exercise. And generally speaking, um, having that, that weight stigma that um, people in larger bodies are lazy or mm -hmm. unfit or uh, just eat fast food all the time. Um, we really need to um, change the way we view people in general and the size of people. I mean, it's been proven through research that weight stigma and weight bias um, has a bigger consequence on someone's psychological state um, and their physical state more than the weight itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so, especially as healthcare practitioners, uh, we have the power and the voice to start changing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned earlier that your your ancestry is obvious is Greek because your grandmother was a healer in Greece. Do you have you noticed a, a culture difference between Greece and and North America? Um, I don't know how it was way back, right. <laughs> like way back when. But oh my gosh, every single time I would go back uh, to Greece as a child, we used to go almost every summer. It would be like, oh, you're fat. Oh, you gained weight. They're very okay, okay. Um, about it. Um, and sometimes it's in a neutral tone. Sometimes it's negative. Uh, so it's just like, oh yeah, you're fat. <laughs> uh, which is like, there's kind of like a... I mean, they are using it as a descriptor, but they do kind of say like, you know, like you should lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's very, very apparent in the, like in Greece and probably like, I would assume that that kind of mentality um, trickles over Europe, but I'm not too sure. When I was in massage school, and I mean, I'm only for like 14 years in practice, but it's, it sort of shows why it's so important to stay up to date with your education and current topics and issues. Um, because honestly, when I was in massage school in early days of, of being a practitioner, 
it was almost encouraged that we, we only get one chance to comment on their weight. If there was an opportunity that they said, I really need to do something about my weight or I need to lose weight or I need to, um, if I lose the weight, I know I'll feel better. Our education back then, our understanding psychologically, mentally, emotionally, not understanding what that could, what they could be processing. My, uh, we almost were given the go ahead as a healthcare practitioner because we are, they're in our, they're in our clinic, they're looking for help. So we were almost in a space to say, well, if that's what you think, then, you know, I, I can't, I can't argue with that, but I appreciate you giving the explanation. And I mean, over time, obviously I've under, I've understood that this, these are not appropriate uh, comments um, or uh, conversations to engage in either as a massage therapist, because you make a very good point that RMTs, it's not in our scope of practice to talk about um, whether the weight of somebody is, has anything to do with how healthy they are or has anything to do with the pain that they're experiencing. So I feel that that's a really important message um, and how we can turn off that conversation right in the in the middle of uh, of a treatment if necessary um so yeah it's just really important to continue to be open um to these new ideas um and listen to to those who are going through it um because like i said a, a while ago it was if somebody but you only could say it once like that was that was it. Like you don't dwell on it. You, you don't bring it up, but even that, you know, that once can have, can change their mind about you as a, a practitioner or whether it's a safe space or whether they can trust you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And just keeping it about the body in terms of what your treatment is going to look like. Like if they have hip pain, focus on the hip. It's like, we don't yeah. need to worry about what their BMI is, you know, right. it has nothing to do with uh, like, like with that. And the only way that I would refer someone to a, let's say dietitian is if somebody said, do you have a dietitian that you would recommend? I would mm -hmm. like to see one. Right. Um, like it would have to be that clear, mm -hmm. um, for me to refer someone. Okay. And, and also I would do my due diligence and make sure that it's uh, maybe someone who has like a health at every size um, approach to their practice um, or have that kind of like fat, fat positive um, or like that kind of body acceptance, um, right. like paradigm mixed into it. So, yeah. And that's a really important point as well, that you, the per people you're referring to should have the same same values as uh, the practice that you've set up so that you're not then sending that individual into uh, a potentially worse situation as well. So that's, that's Absolutely. very important just because somebody is, you know, said to be a great practitioner does not always, always mean that it's a safe space for that particular client. Absolutely. So very important. Mm -hmm.
So uh, I also like to ask just a couple quick questions that are just really light. And so what I would love to know about um, you, you today is uh, what do you do for self-care? Um, you have this wonderful welcoming space and you have wonderful products um, that the client can take home with them to further their experience. What do you do um, for your own self-care? So my self-care looks a little bit different these days, but um, I'm always a fan of like body blitz, like hydrotherapy, like like that's a woman's only spa in uh, mm -hmm. Toronto with kind of like this water circuit. Um, and so just like taking long baths um, with great bath salts is <laughs> like mm -hmm. one of my favorite things. Um, also moving every day. Um, no matter what that looks like is so important to me and for my mental health. Um, and at these times where I'm not at the clinic space as often, um, I do try and go there almost every day to water the plants and just to like sit in that space. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's what I'm doing for self-care these days. Excellent. So Jamie, where can people follow you and find out more about you and your wonderful uh, practice, Eastwood Wellness there in Toronto? Yeah, so you could find us um, at Eastwood Wellness Co. on Instagram. Um, and our website is eastwoodwellnessco.com. Excellent. Well, I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you so much again for sharing your time with me and, and your message and for being open uh, to, uh, to being on the podcast. Thank you so much. This was really great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Radical RMT. If you would like to learn more about Jamie and the topic of inclusive wellness, visit eastwoodwellnessco.com or on Instagram at eastwoodwellnessco. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share with another Radical RMT. I appreciate you tuning in and I hope you have an awesome day.